well hello everyone all right so this is a new um, bit of a concept I do a lot of driving as you know getting around and seeing students and um, I want to do car coaching so coaching in the car um, I'm Fiona Morrison I'm the owner of start my cleaning beers and today I want to talk to you about conflict volatility and crazy motherfuckers that's right I use the MF word mofos that's what we're gonna call them now when you're in business you are going to come across conflict and the thing is is that everybody's got a different idea of what conflict is um, about what's appropriate boundaries um, and what what is I suppose their language in a conflict um, generally speaking in a conflict there is only flight or fight unfortunately it's very rare that you find that people will have those tough conversations so we train you um, in so many ways to avoid conflict um, some of the best ways to avoid conflict is really clear communication and agreements in the beginning not starting to do any business with someone until those things are ironed out not cleaning for people you have a personal or intimate relationship with friends family or people that have known you for a long time because it's very difficult to keep that little bit of um, professional distance um, from them so um, when conflict does arrive arise in your business um, there's numerous ways to handle it and one of the first things that I try to do um, is not take it personally it, it is not about you so number one it is not about you you may have not done a great clean you may have missed something but what their reaction is is not about you number two you're not responsible for fixing their reaction you are only responsible for taking the feedback on and in my training quite a lot I find that the words towards me are used um, you know you didn't explain that properly when someone doesn't understand something they will quite often say to me I need you to dumb that down for me I'm you know not getting it and I take that on board I find it really really helpful when someone says to me you have not explained that to me well but I used to get really upset and defensive because when they sort of said that I gauged that they were criticizing me and generally speaking most people don't like criticism and we sure as shit don't like owning our everything for ourselves so when a customer comes home they've had a bad day um, you know they're really looking to lash out at someone if that's their personality and they are that type of person they, they're gonna lash out towards um, you now first of all they're not the kind of client that we want but you know in that moment um, you can break up with them later you've got to figure out how to resolve the conflict um, and most people just want to be heard so number three is listen and don't speak acknowledge okay I get what you're saying and I'm sorry about that um, I get what you're saying and yep look I'll look into that don't necessarily need to agree with somebody in order to take their feedback on um, so when you do get customer complaints the first thing you want to do is get defensive and you know it's human nature to make it someone else's fault um, so the next thing I want you to write down is everything is my responsibility if it's happened in your business and there's volatility or conflict around it you sure as shit are responsible for it you may not be 
in the conflict. So let's just go with the scenario of two staff members going at it, arguing. Are you responsible for that? You're not responsible for the argument. You didn't create the argument, but your business allowed for it to happen. Something happened somewhere along the line that they thought that that was appropriate. You may not have got an employment contract, a code of conduct, an agreement with them that no matter what happens, we never argue on the job. No matter what happens, the client never sees that side of things. When we're communicating with clients, they are in the in the power seat. Now, what I want you to write down now is place myself in the power position. This is your business. You do not need to be dictated to, you do not need to be name called, you do not need to be abused, put down, belittled or anything like it. I no longer do business with people who treat me like that. I don't need to. I'm good enough at what I do that I don't need to tolerate that sort of carry on. But your clients will test your boundaries. If you get a client like that, you need to ask yourself, where along the lines did I allow this person to think this this would be okay? And analyze how it came about. Um, This week I had a rather large um, conflict with a family member who I was trying to help. This family member, um, you know, didn't have a lot of money. I was trying to help them out and it just got a bit miscommunication and they thought that I was basically trying to take over and I wasn't. I was just trying to lend my business expertise. But the problem was that we hadn't communicated very clearly at the beginning, um, which meant that they had a picture in their mind of what they wanted and I had a picture of what I wanted in my mind. So having a look at your business, every time something goes wrong, a series of events led to it. Every time something went wrong, goes wrong, you allowed it to happen somehow, or you either have something in place that allowed it, or you're missing something that doesn't disallow it. Does that make sense? So if a staff member smokes on the property of a, of a, of a clean, And you say to that staff member, what are you doing? And they go, well, no one ever told me I couldn't smoke. You haven't provided a policy. You haven't been clear. They have got it in their mind that that's okay. And no amount of arguing is going to fix that at that moment. You've just got to go away and go, okay, what can I do to introduce something into my business that makes um, makes this work? Now, avoiding conflict will create conflict. Now, I want you to put that down. Avoiding conflict will create conflict and it is usually far more condensed than the conflict that was initially going to be had. Sometimes um, you've got to have tough conversations with staff members and you've got to have tough conversations with clients and your ability to have that tough conversation and set a boundary and discuss it with them will be respected. Um, They will acknowledge you as an expert in your field and an authority on the topic. So don't be scared of conflict. In fact, create ways to have tough conversations. Don't put them off. If you have a staff member turn up in the wrong shoes, use something like that as a little practice. Because when the time comes, and I'm telling you in business, the time will come when you have conflict, you'll know how to deal with it because you'll be a seasoned warrior. One of the hardest things to do is remember there's no connection between how hard you worked and how well the outcome came out. Sometimes the client just does not perceive the value. I worked really hard for this staff member this week. I thought I was handing them the golden ticket, but it didn't matter what I did because in their mind, they had a different picture of what they wanted. And so we, 
we as human beings, we want everything to be okay. And that's not a terrible thing um, to want, but it depends at what cost. And sometimes it's we don't set firm boundaries, we don't communicate healthily, we don't have an appropriate way that we um, speak to each other. Um, so your, your clients need to know what's appropriate. So I used to always, for example, um, all complaints had to come in email. They couldn't be text message, messaged and they couldn't be sent on Facebook Messenger at all, ever. If they sent me a complaint, all they got was, hi, thanks for contacting Hunter Cleaning Group. Please find attached our email address for all complaints if you could forward it there so an admin member can action your request. Very professional, very formal, because I just was not going to have whinging happening at 10 o'clock at night, complaints happening at 10 o'clock at night, and that's primarily when they would sort of do that sort of thing. So um, no one likes conflict. I even to this day struggle with it. Um, but again, it's part of business and you've just got to find what works for you, set some boundaries. But please remember, it's your business. So it is your rules, it is your way, or it is the highway, because it's your business. Having a listen to what your clients want and what your staff members want is great, but at the end of the day, it's your business. Have a great day and enjoy running your own business. Good luck. Coaching in the car. Hello, everyone. I am so thrilled to be doing coaching in the car. I absolutely love it, and this is when some of my absolute business genius happens. I don't know why, I think it's just because I'm by myself. I've got no reception right now, so I can't, um, I can't sat nav, um, so here I am. I wanna talk to you about setting a standard in your business. Now I'm just driving along Gunnedah and two trucks have just passed me and the second guy in the truck is on his mobile phone. So they're called Peel Valley Tires and no word of a lie, as soon as, I get to my destination, I'm calling that person's boss. And you might be like, why would you do that? Well, firstly, the guy's on his phone doing 112 kilometers an hour to get past me. And I don't think that that business owner would want people on the road not being safe. I know, right? Goody fucking two shoes. But what I wanna to talk to you about here is the fact that people are always watching. When you set a standard for your business and you say, this is what my business is about. The first thing that echoes into the universe is, is it? Your staff will even go, really? If you drive our vehicles in an unsafe manner, you will not be able to drive with us. Hmm, I'm gonna push that boundary. It's human nature, human nature to push boundaries. And I don't know why we do it, but we do actually always do it. So you have a look at these two guys fanging along, pretty unsafe, headphone, uh, phone to the ear the whole way behind me. What do you think that says to the person looking at that business? To me, that says they're not safe. To me, that says they've got no, no regard for authority. But being held accountable keeps that standard. So when you set a standard in your business, you need to be very careful. There's two different kinds of bosses, really. There's the ones that set the standard and it's not an achievable standard. And we need to make sure that the standard that we set for our staff is achievable. Is it achievable that you're 10 minutes early to work? 
that you always wear your work, your, um, work uniform and that you clean to the highest standard. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Is it expectation that you'll clean to a 10 out of 10 every time? Probably not. Okay? Because you have good days and bad days. So you've got to pick the standards that are really, really important to you. Now, anyone who knows me knows I used to be a smoker and one of the standards that I had for my business, absolutely under no circumstances, were staff members allowed to smoke in uniform or on site, which meant they had to bring a spare jacket, okay? So they had to take off their Hunter Cleaning Group jacket, they had to put on another jacket and they had to go somewhere else and smoke. So I got a lot of pushback on that. And then one day, someone had a cigarette in the uniform out the front of a, a mining site that we worked for and we lost the contract and four people lost their jobs. As a result, everybody used to talk about the fact that I had for so long said no smoking. And we use that as an example in our training, but people still pushed the barriers. In order to maintain a standard in your business, you are depending on your staff members to maintain a level of integrity even when you're not looking. So you absolutely must do the following. Number one, you need to turn up when they don't expect you. You need to be checking on your cleans and checking on their kit, looking in their car, making sure they're representing you to a high standard. Number two, you need to get others in your business on board with checking their work. So designating a supervisor or someone that's in charge. And lastly, because it's the least desirable, get the client involved. This is the standard that we're expecting. Please give us feedback if this does not happen. Educate and train your cleaners on the standard that expected. Now, there's only three reasons why someone doesn't do something. And I find this pretty freaking happy. Funny, happy, I'm happy, it's funny. Number one, the reason someone doesn't do what they've been asked to do is they don't know how. For example, go clean that oven. Okay, goes and sprays it with spray and wipe. They just don't know how, they gotta be shown how. Number two, after they know how, the next reason why they don't do what they're being asked to do is the fact that they don't understand why it's really, really important. Hey girls, when you leave a house, we always double check the locks. We always double check that all doors in the house are open, are closed and locked, even if we didn't come in those doors. Well, why would we do that? Well, it's really important that the customer feels safe. Sometimes they leave an extra door open or they're home when we come and then they're not when we leave. And we wanna make sure that even if they leave it unlocked, that we're very safety conscious. And, you know, there was an incident where someone left the screen door open in Madawi and two cleaners were really violently assaulted and we want to make sure that, you know, we minimise your exposure to risk. So you've explained to them why it's important that you're asking them to do what you're asking them to do. So now they know what they're expected to do and they also know why it's really important. Here's the third reason why people don't do things they've been asked to do. Pay attention. It's the most scientific of all scientific -y things. They just don't want to. They don't care in that moment what they're being asked to do and they don't give a shit as to why it's important because it might be important to you but it hasn't become important to them. 
So when you're training your staff, you need to make sure that you show them what they're expected to do and then explain clearly why it's important. And then when they don't do it, you need to be ready to kick their butts. In the kindest, nicest way, you kick their butts. Ask them, what do you think happens if we continue to smoke and then go into people's houses? And the answer will be pretty consistent. It'll be, we're going to lose the client. Do not apologize for your standard in your business. You fucking said it, it's your business. Don't let staff members bring you down to their standard because they don't want to come up to yours. That's bullshit. And you will just be like every other cleaning business there is. I used to say to people, if you want to clean for a six out of 10, I can give you 10 cleaning companies names that will happily accept you. People used to accept my worst cleaners and say they were their best cleaners. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. People that I fired would go and work somewhere else and they'd be like, oh my God, they're so good. Mate, you can have them. Because attitude and behavior is the most important thing. You can teach anyone to clean. Attitude and behavior and care factor, they're in their DNA. So do not apologize. Remind them that you are unapologetic for the standard that you have. Imagine some of the big businesses out there Imagine if you got an iPhone and this week it just, you know, didn't come with the extra case or it didn't come with the charger and they were like, oh yeah, sorry about that, I forgot. Oh, fuck off, mate. Give me what I paid for. The customer doesn't care about our life story, what happens, all the tragedy. They don't. They just want their clean to the highest standard that you promised that you're taking the money for. So if the client doesn't care about what happened today in our lives, why would we then allow that to be an excuse for bad bad cleaning it doesn't matter what happens bring it to work talk about it resolve it but we leave it at the client's door we don't take it into the client's home so standard you set the standard and sometimes you're only going to know where the standard is by sort of having a standard that's not you know um, to, to the client's needs. So a client might ring up and say, I really don't like how they do such and such. And you realize there's a gap and you need to create a standard. That's okay. You're going to be introducing standards. Standards will change. What you don't do is apologize for it or allow the staff to bully you and gang up on you and get rid of that standard. Remember your business, your rules, your standard. Have a great day. G'day and welcome to Car Coaching, Fiona here. Um, today I want to talk to you about drama. Oh, drama, drama, drama. So many times in business I see really great leaders dropping below the standard of leadership and management. I call it hovering. I want you to imagine that you're, you're there with a group of people there's all bitching and gossiping going on. And we all know that human dynamic is what it is and we're going to have dramas. We're going to have conflict and we're going to have miscommunications and things like that. Feeding the drama is a really poor leadership quality. What you want to think is resolution and disarming. You do not want to be adding to the problem. So, for example... When um, a cleaner or even a client is gossiping or telling you things about another person for wow factor, 
you need to start learning how to hover above the situation. So imagine you're the queen of the castle and you're a fair and just and honourable queen and you reign your kingdom with beauty and honour and all the um, people of all the classes are considered. The working class are treated well, um, the criminals are jailed appropriately and you live in this amazing and wonderful place where all people are respected and honoured and revere and love their queen. And two of your subjects come in squabbling and he said this and she said that and da 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 and the queen says what does she say and the queen says what my loyal subjects love one another do well to one another you need to work hard and pay him for his day's labor and you need to work hard and respect and honor his contribution the queen would be looking for a win-win a win for both of the peasants a win for both of the lords when we're involved in conflict where one person wants the win and they don't give a shit about the other person, that's called poor negotiating skills. When you're negotiating something with someone, whether you've been accused of something, whether or not you have got two people at each other's throats, whatever it is, you're looking for a win-win. Now, what are the other opportunities? Okay, the alternatives are there are four different kinds of places to wind up in a negotiation. Number one, the lose-lose. I hate this one. It's my least favorite out of everything. Lose-lose. Well, no one wants that, but a lot of people do it. I lose and you lose because I'm so arrogant, stupid, angry, um, condescending, whatever it is, whatever your personality trait is, I've done it. I've been that person. And I've walked away and been like, nobody won in that situation. What are you doing? So I always think, okay, how can I make this a win-win? So the second one is the martyr. The I lose, you win. So this is where we don't worry about the boundary that we set. We don't worry about our profit or something like that. And, and probably the most common thing is, here's a two hour clean you give a two hour clean to a staff member and they come back and they say oh my god that took me so long it took three hours and you go oh that's okay well no it's not you lose they win um, and your business loses so a lose win is usually when we sacrifice what we want to please the other person and that does not have a long-term value the next one is the win lose where i win and you lose and this again is the flip side of the other one and what losing when the other person wins does is builds resentment. Um, and that resentment can just build over time. It can even just explode out after one conversation. So the win-lose and the lose-win are the, are the mirror of each other, but neither is ideal. A lot of people think they've, if they've got the win, take the win, mate, walk away with the win. No. If the other person that you're dealing with has lost, they will go and tell everybody about it. I've had business situations where I've manipulated a win for myself and it has bit me in the ass hard. So the last one is the win-win, finding a way for you to get what you need and for me to get what I need as well. And that win-win needs to be highlighted to the other person. You know, what is actually important to you? What do you actually want here? And it's disarming. 
it's disarming of the situation you want to take away the volatility and the the drama of a situation and quite often staff members will come to me and my favorite shutdowns is I'm really sorry I don't have time to talk about that today I can only concentrate on work today and they get really shocked and kind of a little bit annoyed but it's the it's the absolute truth don't come at me bitching about another staff member and the second one that I like to use is have you spoken to them about it I don't really like how Chloe does such and such okay have you spoken to her directly about it let's go talk to her about it bring it out into the open the thing is is that you are going to come across people that don't have whole and happy lives they're not growth focused and that's going to manifest in um, different ways conflict one dropping of the standard another and drama and you've got to be very careful what you say to your staff members about other staff members too because they'll add to it and then regurgitate it so many times Fiona said Fiona said Fiona said and if you did say it just fall on your sword admit it and move on like there's no other way around it just be honest nobody needs a drama in their business but we all love a bit of drama and a bit of goss my favorite show at the moment is bachelorette and i love the drama on there you know it's not it's not good when it's in your business it's fine when it's on tv so um support your team and let them know that that's what um you do that if we have a problem with each other we chat to each other about it and we don't create a drama out of nothing and you know coming back to customer complaints and the creation of drama you need to identify the difference between a client having a whinge and a complaint okay because a whinge is just such a waste of everyone's time if you bring a problem to me i always say to you have you got a solution have you considered a solution what's your suggestion i don't want to hear the problem I want to hear the solution um, so you know take this stuff on board these are just my ponderings in the car I hope you enjoyed it have a great day